Sereno is Imperial occupied. We've stayed off the Empire's radar since Camino. What chance it now? Because the contents of just one of those containers would be worth more than all the jobs you pulled for me combined. You can buy your freedom. We're already free. It's cute you think that. Clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there, but I am. It's only a matter of time before the Empire comes here, and then my little operation is over. Which means no more jobs for you. She does have a valid point. You want to really be free? Then pull off this heist, and you'll have the means to disappear. No more risky missions. No more living hand to mouth. You can have a future. Isn't that what you're after? Bucketheads, Mayvar Tigar, welcome to the 185th Bad Batch Beguiling episode of Mandavision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're here. The best way to reach out to this show is, of course, on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandavisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, it's happened. It's January 2023. The new year is upon us, and that means The Bad Batch has returned to our our streaming platform known as Disney+, Plus, our preferred method of watching Star Wars, because it's basically the only place you can watch Star Wars. But <laughs> we're excited. Uh, I'm so glad the show came back. Uh, it, it feels like a really long time since we've been with The Bad Batch. So uh, it was it was interesting to kind of connect back. I, I didn't double back and, and rewatch any of season one of the series, uh, much to my chagrin. So it did take me a, a beat or two to kind of remember how the show ended. Obviously, I remember the the, the orbital bombardment of Topaka City on Camino, uh, but I thought they left their relationship with Crosshair in, in a different place. So it took me a minute to pro- sort of process that and figure that all out. So I did a little bit of catching up <laughs> in those first moments of the series, watching these new episodes. But yeah, we got we got a two-part episode to kick things off uh, on what I expect will be uh, an even better, more ambitious second season of Star Wars: The Bad Batch, and I can't wait to talk to you all about this show and and and, and tracking the progress of Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Echo, and of course Omega. And I'm assuming Crosshair will join the party at some point in this season, though not in these first two episodes. And and. 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it, Star Wars animation it seems to have this this the trend in Star animated Star Wars at least under the uh, the 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 reign of, of Dave Filoni has been that the second season is where things really start to pick up, and and we get to uh, get into into some really interesting story elements, and with the Bad Batch being set when it is, and in you know that first season very much the transition. Uh, from the Republic to the Empire, we're, we're still very much in that in season two. Even though the Empire is more entrenched and getting more entrenched as every day that goes on, uh, you know we're covering a lot of ground, touching base with 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 planets and and people and and, and cultures, I suppose, from the Republic era and how they are uh, being challenged in in this new the beginning of the dark time, the beginning of the Empire. And I, I thought it was it was very interesting, this this two parter uh, connecting us with with Count Dooku's homeworld of Sereno. Uh, so going back to the planet that we've seen several different times in, in Clone Wars episodes that we know well from uh, expanded universe stuff as, as far as like books go, comic books go, and 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 getting to, getting to sort of see like a new like here's here's Sereno in the aftermath of Count Dooku in the Clone Wars uh, as as the Empire's rising up. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about those things. We'll get into the nitty-gritty. Well, I don't know. There's not a lot of depth and nitty-grittiness to get into necessarily with the Bad Batch thus far. You know, there's not a, you know, we're, not, we're not connecting to a lot of overarching things. Uh, uh, we're very much building our own mythology for the Bad Batch in the series, which I think is one of the nice elements of the show, is that uh, we, we don't have to connect a lot of dots. We don't have to sort of pull up layers and layers of, of, of minutiae to, to connect it to Star Wars in... in, in you know, 17 different uh, sort of spiderweb-like tapestries. No, no, no. The Bad Batch is, is building its own mythology and is connecting its dots uh, very plainly. Uh, and I don't mean that as, an, as a disservice to the show because I like the way they're connecting those dots. It's just – it's it's a show you can just watch, though. <laughs> That's the joy of it, right? You can just watch the Bad Batch, and you, you get everything they're doing. It's, it, it's, I like that. I appreciate that. I respect that. So thank you to the Bad Batch team for that very, very much. Let's go ahead and we'll talk about these two episodes. Uh, I'm going to try and talk about them in order. And we'll see how I do with that. You know how I get. I get a little excited sometimes. And, and I dive into the second one before I finish the first one and vice versa. I'll do my best. But you know what that means. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I know why you agreed to this mission. We can do better things with Dooku's fortune than hide, Hunter. With what we're up against, we have to be prepared to fight. That means numbers and weapons. That's not the kind of life this kid deserves. Our lives are like this because of Omega. Taking her off Kamino was the right thing to do. But there are others out there who need our help. We've seen what the Empire's doing throughout the galaxy. We should be doing more. So that conversation right there between Hunter and Echo on their way to Sereno uh, sort of is uh, sets in motion a lot of the events for this two-part episode, particularly on Omega's end as she overhears this conversation and, and decides to assume a lot of responsibility for uh, securing a lot of, of treasure from the war chest, right? They, she wants to, to... These are her friends. This is her family. She wants to help them get their freedom this way and not be the cause of them living... Uh, uh, you know, paycheck to paycheck, if it were, as as it were, uh, it, and and sets the motion, the plans in motion for for this episode. But also, uh, what Echo's saying to Hunter 
I view as very much a mission statement for what season two of this show is going to be. And, and, and that'll be the realization like the, the hunter will have to come to that. Yeah. The empire is, is something that we have to be fighting against uh, running and hiding to protect Omega is a, is a nice thought, but people are suffering in the galaxy and the bad batch has the skills and maybe if they can get this, this war chest or at least a portion of this war chest, uh, they'll have the means to fight for these people and, and, and to fight against the tyranny and oppression. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the beginning of a lot of the stuff that we've seen that leads to the rebellion, obviously, and, and something that was explored in more depth and, and, and far more of a stark, harsh reality in Andor, obviously. But it's nice to see these notes here. And, and you know, Echo, again, remember, Echo is the adopted member of the Bad Batch. You know, he was not the genetic uh, um, mistake that the other members were, seemingly. You know, he's spent more time in the trenches, uh, and, and I think he has a very different perspective than Hunter and Wrecker and Tech and even Crosshair at, as, at, from a certain point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Crosshair thinks when we get to reconnect with him down the road, because I, I think when we left him in season one, he was just kind of beginning to see what was going on with the Empire and that maybe it's not the best place for him to be as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to explore that at a certain point. But yeah, that conversation... Uh, uh, like I said, I think it has a bit of a double meaning here. Sort of our mission statement for season two, but at the same time, it, it's it's what drives Omega to do the things she does in this this two part episode in in you know sort of the relentless pursuit of the war chest and the treasures that it, it contains, and 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 that leads us to a very uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade moment in the second part. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But you already know what I'm talking about. You already do. I know you do. Uh, the episode starts off. Let's go back a little bit. And start off. We find ourselves on a on a on a very uh, pretty beachy coastal planet. We've seen this sh- these opening shots from the trailer for season two of the Bad Batch. Uh, they have acquired some sort of treasure chest of something or others of goody goodies to to, to that uh, probably at Sid's request, and uh, they are now being pursued by giant crab like creatures. <laughs> uh, not quite clear if they have some sort of sentience but they are seemingly very protective of whatever it is Wrecker is hauling off the beach with uh, Hunter and <laughs> uh, it's a fun it's a fun way to kick off the show it's a great action sequence you know you have Echo I'm sorry you have uh, Tech and, and Omega on the ship they're doing like a little bit of fishing they're killing time they're waiting to see what happens it's it's a really fun sequence while hunter echo and, and wrecker are are being pursued by the giant crab creatures and the crab creatures attack the ship and eventually our teams make their heroic getaway um i i, I like that sort of adventurous cold open for the show it, it, it sets a nice tone for it it kind of reconnects us to our, to our characters uh, in a very fast and furious kind of way not fast and furious as in the movies just in a very fast quick paced way so I like that quite a bit. Uh, and then we go back to Ord Mantel. We catch up with Sid. And we meet a new character uh, played by Wanda Sykes in this episode. And I have not read through the credits of this episode, which I meant to do initially. But I just want to talk about that conversation so badly. So let me do that real quick before we talk about Wanda Sykes and her character. All right? This is Season 2 of The Bad Batch, Episode 1, Spoils of War. Obviously, we we're referring to uh, the pillaging of... of Dooku's pillaging <laughs> the war chest he's amassed over his years uh, as the leader of the Separatists, and and our original air date is January fourth, two thousand twenty-three. This episode is written by Jennifer Corbett, directed by Stuart Lee. Our plot: the Bad Batch plans a risky heist. There you go, nailed it in one. Our cast: D. Bradley Baker is the Bad Batch. Michelle Ang 
is Omega. D, uh, ben Diskin returns as AZI3. Rhea Perlman is Sid. And, of course, Wanda Sykes is a new character, Fee Genoa. And, and we find out that Fee is a pirate, and she has tipped Sid off to what the Empire is doing on Cerno, clearing out Dooku's treasure trove of, of pillage items, not just from the other Separatist worlds, but as we find out later in the... In the I think it's in the second episode. He's also pillaged his own planet to 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 fill the coffers of war. And I suspect, I'm probably not going out on a limb here, that this will not be the last time we see uh, Fee Genoa in an episode. I suspect that her path and the Bad Batch will be cross her her and the Bad Batch will be crossing paths at some point, probably in the very near future. Uh, you know, a, a, a Hunter's reaction to, to a pirate is, of course what you'd expect from a Republic trooper uh, doesn't look kindly on them. But again, the Bad Batch is learning all kinds of new things. They have a very new lifestyle. Uh, and initially, Hunter is against going after Cerno, uh, but is eventually persuaded, as we talked about already. So no need to cover that ground. Getting to Cerno, once we're on Cerno, again, the, the show sort of sticks with its formula from Season 1, at least in these early episodes of Season 2, uh, which is very mission-based. Each episode with the exception of this two-parter, is going to be a new mission, a new element, a new way for the Bad Batch to uh, show us as an audience what's going on in the now Imperial-controlled worlds. Uh, so going back to Cyrano in that sense, again, uh, as I sort of touched on before, a place that we are familiar with, uh, and now seeing the aftermath of them being Count Dooku's, you know, basically the capital of this, uh, not officially the capital, of the, of the of the separatist movement, but it was it was Dooku's capital. It was Dooku's planet. It was Dooku's place, and they have been punished uh, for that. Despite the fact that Dooku was calling the shots, and it, and as we are sort of led to believe in the second episode, not everyone agreed with Dooku and what he was up to and what he was doing. They just had to roll with it. That's just what, the way it was. That's what was going on. They weren't calling the shots, uh, and so we we see Castle Sereno again, a place we have visited in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. We've seen it depicted in in, in multiple. Episodes of that show in comics, in in novels, um, but what we see below the, the castle is the town, and I, I don't think it's the capital of Cerno, which is a Carinia, uh, I believe is how you pronounce the capital of Cerno. I don't think this is what we're seeing here, but this is definitely the town below the village. I'm sorry, below the the castle, uh, and it's been completely bombed out by uh, Imperial bombar bombardment. bombardment. Now, is the rest of the planet, are the rest of the cities on Cerno e equally devastated and destroyed? Possibly. Uh, we don't We don't know for sure. The planet looks fine from the few shots we get going into orbit, but uh, how many cities are left standing uh, as punishment for, for their role in the Clone Wars? I guess is sort of the question that we don't have an, an, an immediate answers to. But interesting to see, the, the again, the, the punishment that was doled out by the Empire against Sereno. Uh, so we, we go to the castle. They survey the scene. Uh, Hunter's going to be on watch. Wrecker, Echo, Tech, and Omega are going to go in to retrieve treasure. Now, actually, I, I should pause it for a, real, a, quick, a quick moment and go back to the beginning of the episode, the, that cold open that we got. What, one of the elements I really liked about that cold open was Omega being extremely capable you know, really good with, with that. Uh, I, oh, I already forgot the name of it. That whatever that that sort of cro uh, <laughs> electron crossbow that she has. I know I'm using the wrong name. 
I lost my note. I apologize. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. Being much more proficient with her weaponry, much more confident, having uh, learned a lot from being around the Bad Batch, uh, is, is now much more formidable despite her, her age and her, and her stature. Uh, so I love seeing that. And I love seeing that, again, they, they cleared this up at the end of Season 1. You know, they couldn't spend their time protecting Omega all the time. Like, she's part of the team or she's not, and she's clearly part of the team. So Hunter has no problem sending her into the field with Echo and Tech and Wrecker to retrieve part of the war chest. So I, I like seeing that element in play here, kind of keeping those threads in place that we had established at the end of Season 1. So it was really, really nice stuff. But of course, things go awry. There's a huge Imperial presence on Sereno, so this was going to be a hard uh, mission to achieve off the get-go. So of course things go awry, especially after Wrecker uh, stuns one of the clones, and, and then that clone misses his check-in time. And, and so the, the Imperials know something is amiss, and that, that sets everything off. Um, despite Hunter's diversion, the, everyone gets, dis gets detected. Uh, half our team gets trapped on one of the ships. Wrecker makes it off with, with one a trunk of treasure, but they quickly have to abandon it so they can try and save Echo, Tech, and Omega, who are now trapped on the container ship that's about to be leaving orbit. So that's no good. But we go back and forth between Omega, Tech, and Echo on the ship being just, you know, being extremely capable, as they have shown themselves being in the past, uh, and, and sort of being able to free themselves by... Uh, stowing away in the cargo container, releasing from the cargo ship, and knowing that that those cargo containers have uh, maneuvering thrusters so that they can land back on the surface of the planet. And this is something that they know because Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch has had Omega studying and learning about ship types and ship classes and what they're capable of learning all their systems and, and how these things work. So it's Omega who realizes that once the Imperials are aware of their presence on the ship and they deploy all the escape escape pods so that they can't leave it's omega who comes up with the plan and tech is like yeah hey you're right good job you've been studying blah 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 great stuff um meanwhile uh hunter and wrecker who were unable to get back on the ship to save their friends and teammates uh make their way into the into the castle into into very familiar trappings into very familiar territory of dooku's throne room basically uh, again, a room we've seen several times on Star Wars The Clone Wars, but look at it now. It, it's it's run down, dilapidated, broken glass. The consoles don't work. Um, but it's a great place for a shootout against Imperial forces. Uh, eventually, Wrecker and, the, Wrecker and Connor make their escape, and they're going to lead the Imperials on a pursuit through the, that bombed-out city. Wrecker's going to take turn himself into a bit of a tank <laughs> by grabbing a giant cannon, while Omega, Echo, and Tech make their way back to the surface of the planet on one of these cargo containers. But they don't know where these containers are going to go. So the team's very spread out across Sereno. And that is, by and large, the first episode of the show. The Imperials are in pursuit. They know that they are there. And the, the clone commander, in this case, seems to be pretty sure <clears throat> that this is Clone Force 99, despite rumors to the contrary that they are dead. And we will pick up on that thread in part two, in episode two of the season. So I think we're at a good place to, to stop talking about this episode because I guess the, the thing I want to hammer home about this episode here is that, that Echo, I'm sorry, Omega, is the one who seems really driven 
to get as much of this war chest as possible. She feels uh, responsible for the Bad Batch in the situation of being, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, doing these missions for Sid, and, and not kind of being able to do the things that they think they need to be doing, or at least from that conversation that Hunter and Echo have at the beginning of the show, what Echo thinks they should be doing to help the cause, to help, help people uh, that are now beginning to feel the boot of tyranny on their throats. Uh, so Echo is very driven to get as much of this war chest as possible. And that continues into the second episode. As, as, we, we, as that container uh, crashes, is in a perilous position, um, you know, Omega won't let it go. She, she has to get that trove. She has to help her friends, her family, uh, get out of the situation they're in because... She's now heard that one of them say that it's her fault that they're in it. And Echo, Echo doesn't mean it that way. I think we all know that Echo doesn't mean it the way that it sounded. But again, Omega's a kid, and she hears what she hears, and, and she's burdened by responsibility, right? So that's what sort of is what dri- is driving her in, in these episodes of the show. And, and we really see it play out nicely in the second episode. Uh, so I think now is a good point to transition to that second episode uh, where we're going to meet... Let's go ahead and do. Let's go ahead and do our our, our, crest, our casting credits right now. So episode two is titled "Ruins of War." Again, original air date January fourth, two thousand twenty-three. Written by Gina Gina Lucinta Lucita Monreal. Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. Our plot: The Bad Batch must decide who to trust as they plan their escape. Our cast on this episode: Again, D. Bradley Baker is the Bad Batch. Michelle Ang is Omega. Hector Alonso joins the cast this week as Roma Adele a character that we get to spend more time with, and who provides us with some context to what's going on on Sereno. Um, and, and, and again, sort of helps put Sereno in a different light from what the clones had initially thought of it, you know, during wartime, you know, as, as sort of like an enemy state. And we get to also get the return of Nashir Dalal as Vice Admiral Rampart in this episode as well. So let's kind of set the stage here, right? Hunter... And Wrecker are still being pursued by Imperial forces, trying to get back to the ship, trying to reunite with the rest of the batch. Uh, Omega, <laughs> Omega, Echo, and Tech have crashed on the planet. Their container uh, was on a cliff. It tumbles down the cliff. They eventually make their escape, and they find their way to a local. Now, again, the Empire is in hot pursuit of all these missing containers, so there's Imperial presence throughout. Uh Throughout the tumble, tur- tossing, and turning of the container, uh, a, a crate breaks loose and, and smashes down on Echo's leg. I'm sorry, not on Echo, on Tech's leg, giving him a fracture. Uh, he's very aware, very attuned to his body, so he knows he has a fracture of his tibia. I believe he even says it out loud. Uh, uh, and and, and the, they find themselves in the woods, where a, they, they stumble across a local who's hiding in the woods himself uh, from Imperial bombardment. Uh, and they kind of forcibly... <laughs> go back to his place to hide out. Uh, he doesn't put up much of a fight. He's not armed. Uh, this is this kind of kindly old man living out in the woods, trying to preserve the memories of Sereno and 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 th- what the people were like before they were cast as a, sort of these, these galactic villains in this in the Clone Wars. Uh, so I want to play as we transition here fully into, into Episode Two. I want to play a nice conversation between between Romar Adele. And tech, as as tech sort of helps him uh, preserve again, pre- you know, preserve a piece of of Sarno's culture. Check it out. Hey Ace, 
Think you can lend me that spanner on your belt for a minute? What are you doing with a Model 2 data core? This here contains a fragment of my people's history. Our culture, art, music, memories. A separatist archive. Fascinating. Not separatist. Serenian. We did exist before the war, you know. I... never thought of it like that. Now, if I can only get this thing working... Oh, I can handle that. So, we spent a lot of time with Echo, Omega, and Tech in this episode. Uh, Wrecker and Hunter, they're still being pursued by the Imperials. They're going to break that encirclement. They're going to get back to the ship, and they're going to meet up with their team. But theirs is, is, it's, they're, they're on a very straight line, right? So their path makes a lot of sense. One of the really strong elements of, of these two episodes to start the season with is the way that Omega is now connecting with other members of the team, that we're starting to see that. We saw that in the first episode of this season, uh, her spending time with, with Tech, you know, going through the manuals and, and you know, studying, learning, and, and, and connecting more with the other members of the team. Season one focused so much on Omega spending time with Hunter that it almost seemed like the rest of the team didn't even have a relationship with Omega to, to, to any sort of real extent that we saw. You know, we saw her connect with, with Wrecker at, at, at points. We saw her connect, you know, tangentially with, with the other characters at a certain point. The, the, the only common ground they seemed to share was, like, A, their, a, their genetics, but B, that, that, that her being captured and killed by the Imperials was wrong, so they were going to protect her. Thus far in Season 2, we, we, are, we are showing... We're sort of changing the dynamic of the show, uh, where it's less about Omega and Hunter's relationship uh, as it is about now Omega connecting with the rest of the team and us getting to see it, get us getting to see how that's working out. And of course, with uh, with Tech, it's much more of a, of a student-teacher relationship. That seems more appropriate for, for Tech's personality type to begin with. Uh, this episode, we're going to see her connecting with Echo here. And remember, it's Echo's words to Hunter in that first episode that sort of drive her, push her, to getting as much of the war chest as possible. Uh, that, that sort of puts her in a lot of danger here. So when, when we that conversation that we just heard between Tech and Adnar, you know, Echo's out scouting the, the, the location, making sure the Imperials aren't onto them. Uh, so he's already off the premises. But now Tech is, is, is preoccupied with a technological problem. Uh, and, and this allows Echo to very easily leave the premises of, of, of Romar Adele and make her way back to the car container. Again, the car container in a very perilous position uh, uh, off the side of a cliff, resting basically on trees and, and maybe a couple of sturdy rocks. But it's going to go at any minute. You know it's going to go. Uh, but she is just compelled, obsessed, just driven to, to get as much of that war chest as possible to, to help her friends, to help her family. Uh, 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 Live the, the live the better life, right? One that she's now feels that she's responsible for the, the situation that they're in. Uh, as as of course is going to happen, the Empire was not going to let these cargo containers go. They're attempting to account for every single one of them that's crashed down to the surface of Sereno, and, and so it was only a matter of time before they find this one. And of course, they find this one as our friend <laughs> Omega is in a perilous position, and Echo is trying to get her out of it. This causes the container to be. Shifting around, moving steadily down the side of the mountain, uh, getting more and more dangerous as time goes. 
as the battle above erupts, as, as Echo attempts to hold them off with his, with his broken leg. And, and Hunter and Wrecker uh, are, are attempting to evade Imperial pursuit. Uh, so a, lo a lot of really good action, a lot of high-tension stuff here. But this is that Indiana Jones moment that I'm talking about coming up right here. I want to go ahead and play this between Omega and Echo. Uh, as the container has shifted, Omega has fallen off the ladder. They were making their ascent up to get out of the cargo container. Uh, when it shifted and she fell and her backpack full of loot spilled all over the place. Let's check it out. Hurry! This whole bench is gonna go! I can get it back! I have to! Don't! Omega, forget about the war chest. It's not important. Yes, it is. I heard what you said to Hunter on the Marauder. You don't have a normal life because of me. Omega, listen to me, please. You have to let it go. Come on. And she listens. <laughs> and they're going to get out. But again, this is this is one of these formative moments for Omega Two. Uh, uh, Omega Two. That sounded fear. That sounds like a weird vitamin. Uh, but for for Omega to to have to learn, right? She's still dealing with a lot of things, and and finding her role in this team, her place in it. And again, she just wants to be the best teammate, best family member she can be in this case. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I couldn't help but think of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, you know, when, when when Henry Jones Sr. finally calls his son Indiana and tells him to let it go. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> Maybe not quite as powerful a moment <laughs> on this episode of The Bad Batch, but that's where my head went, and uh, that's just because that's just how I roll, <laughs> and you all know that already. So now I want to go ahead and kind of play the resolution uh, between Omega and Echo because, again, again, it just follows up on the threads Everything we're talking about this just kind of connects the dots and lays it all out there uh, in, in a way that I think Echo has to learn, too, that he needs to be able to talk to Omega directly. You know, she's part of this now. She's in the mix. And and trying to keep things from her, keep things behind her back, this is what gets people into, into trouble. Let's, let's, let's hear them have their conversation. Again, and again, have this nice moment where these two characters who didn't interact a ton in season one uh, get to get to have a, their their moment. I'm sorry we lost the war chest. We'll manage without it. I wanted to make things better for us. I know you all gave up everything because of me. Good thing we did. We might be fighting for the Empire right now. Or worse. We made the right choice, Omega. I'd do it all again. So there you have it. That's that's the good stuff right there between these two characters. Uh, and now we transition to the fallout. And and this is like sort of the first time in these in, in this two-parter of season two where we pull back and and we sort of look at the galaxy at large here a little bit more. And we begin to pick up some threads from season one. Because again, remember, uh, Tarkin had charged Vice Admiral Rampart with destroying Clone Force 99. Rampart believed he did. And now... 
there may be some evidence to the contrary. And again, I like I like how this plays out quite a bit. So let's go ahead and check out this scene and close out the episode. As of now, we've recovered 85% of the war chests. But I'll chase that number to perfection, sir. Your failure to ensure the transfer of this cargo is not why I am here. I've come to address some inaccuracies in your mission report. What inaccuracies? You stated the would-be thieves you encountered were the rogue clones from Experimental Unit 99. Yet that is impossible. Their squad perished during the fall of Topoka City. Your intel was incorrect, sir. I had visual confirmation on two of them. They're alive. I see. If Governor Tarkin were to learn of my misstep, then I would be at risk. And that cannot happen. Which is why a new report will be submitted. One void of any mention of Clone Force 99. Sir, I will not falsify an official report. I understand. I will. So Rampart's out there covering up his his uh, his reports, protecting his hiney. Again, uh, you see the integrity of the of the clones, even the ones who are now working for the Empire, still have integrity, right? They, they still believe in what they're doing, but we know Rampart. Rampart wants to replace the clones. He finds them obsolete. He wants the conscripted forces, you know, to be the new stormtroopers of the Empire. And obviously he's going to get his wish at some point, but it's going to be fun to kind of see that play out, right? As as Rampart continues his plan of, of bringing in conscripted forces, of retiring clones, putting them out to pasture, if you will. Is he just going to kill them? Are they going to let them loose in the Empire? I mean, it's it's sort of uh, an interesting thing to 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 ponder. I mean, we've we've seen bits and pieces of of uh, of, of clones in these dark times. You know, obviously the animated series picks them up pretty strongly, but you know, we did get the Tamir Morrison cameo in the in the Kenobi series as a down on his luck, out of work, uh, out of <laughs> out of soldiering. You know, clone uh, living on the streets. Uh, so I'm really in intrigued by by what the future holds for the clones that are still in Imperial service. Uh, so there's a lot of ground. I think we're gonna get to cover in season two and I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, I think this episode, these, these two episodes, you know, they're about seven and a half buckets is, is sort of my, my initial feel for both of them. They're really strong episodes. They're very enjoyable episodes of the show. Uh, but it's just sort of kind of wetting our beaks a little bit for what's to come here in season two. I think they're setting up a few things. We sort of get our mission statement about, hey, you know, we need to be doing more for the people of the galaxy, not just trying to lay low and hide from the Empire and protect Omega. Like, we need, to, we have skills, and we need to be out there doing things and making a difference. Uh, how long will their employee with Sid last in this season? Uh, you know, Sid seems to see the writing on the, on the wall that eventually the Empire will come to Ord Mantel and shut her down. Uh Obviously, we now get a new character in Wanda Sykes' Fee Genoa. What would their role with her be? What would their relationship with her be? Let, let's kind of see what trouble she gets them into, or the trouble they get her into, it could, which could be the case. Uh, and, and, and again, going back to Rampart's plans, like, 
watching the way the empire, the the transition from the republic to the empire. This is going to be a fascinating process. You know, look at what we saw in in this episode here. You know, you had those cargo container container ships, and the escort ships weren't Tie Fighters. We're not there yet. You know, we're still we're still doing it with a lot of uh, familiar iconography and imagery and and ships from the Galactic Republic era. Uh, so it, this transition period, I think, is going to be a lot of fun to kind of get to see the bits and pieces kind of come together to to shape the Star Wars that we all know so so well uh, from the original trilogy. So I'm excited. I'm delighted. And I'm excited and delighted that you're all here for the ride with me on Season 2 of Star Wars The Bad Batch. And I can't wait to talk to you next week about another excellent episode. Remember, this is the Mandavision Podcast. My name is Tom. And I do thank you once again for checking out and supporting small independent Star Wars podcasts like this one. Reach out to me on social media. I'm at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email me. Email me. You can do that too. MandavisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. We will be back next week for another exciting installment of Star Wars The Bad Batch. We can't wait to see you here. I, I, like, I like doing the show, and I like knowing that you're listening. So thank you for doing that. Uh, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.